Continuing on the Thunderbirds pregame show, game one of the Atlantic Division semifinals against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins here inside the Mass Mutual Center tonight. To give us a little bit of the pulse on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton side of the coin, I welcome in good colleague, good cohort, and voice of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, Nick Hart. Nick, first of all, have you, we talked a little bit before we hopped on, have you kind of come down from the ledge of the chaotic end to game three of uh, the Hershey-Wilkes series for Monday night? Yes and no. A lot of the nausea, a lot of the nerves, a lot of the anxiety, those are well in the rearview mirror. In terms of the excitement, the adrenaline, no way, Jose. There was nobody going to sleep right away after that overtime victory. I don't think a lot of people were, you know, easily going to bed. Even last night before the game, everyone was still so amped up from that incredibly exciting and intense finale to an incredibly intense series between two old rivals. Wilkes-Barre Scranton and Hershey have met more in the playoffs than any other team since Wilkes-Barre Scranton came into the league and what a show they put on once again. Three games but it, it had all the had all the drama and subplots of a seven gamer in so many ways. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins the road they took to get to the Atlantic semifinals was far different than the road that the Thunderbirds took and a stat that you gave on Monday night that I think will really be the telling one for if the Penguins are able to keep this run going in this series. They woke up on the morning of January 15th in the bottom of the American Hockey League standings. Not the conference, not the division, the league standings. What changed from January 15th forward for J.D. Forrest and his team? Well, one thing that they point to is they just sort of had a, they hit a reset. It was like it was the start of the season. It was like it was training camp. A lot of the things, the bullet points that they wanted to uh, set as their identity markers is what they call them, quote-unquote identity markers. What they did at the start of the season, they hit the reset button. They went back to all of those little individual things that they think would make them successful as a team. Playing fast through the neutral zone, owning the boards. There's no such thing as a 50-50 puck. That's our puck crowding the net front, going low to high, and making sure you can support your teammates, whether it's off the ice, on the ice, and a shift in the offensive zone, a cycle, puck support in the defensive zone. Hitting these identity markers is something that they just started hammering in every single practice, every single team meeting, and slowly but surely the team came together. The results weren't necessarily instantaneous, but then the Penguins started to climb up the standings as a gritty, sandpapery team that was willing to win 2-1 hockey games that was able to win 3-2 hockey games and every now and then they would just erupt for we'll say a five goal second period or something like that because the other teams couldn't keep up with the Penguins they just get blown away at the unrelenting pressure and the the discipline with which the Penguins play rarely do they take their foot off the gas whereas at the start of the season there would be a period or a long stretch of play where the Penguins would be the team that's hemmed in now the Penguins are the group doing that to other teams. So, yeah, there were even some highs and lows. This team does struggle to score goals still. They're not exactly what you'd call the most talented, the most high-octane squad in the league. So they've been on the losing end of a lot of 2-1, even a handful of one nothing losses here and there. But whenever the Penguins are playing their game, if you want to win, you better make sure you're going to have to scratch and claw tooth and nail to get past them. They've proved that through the second half of the season, climbing from the league's basement to have home ice advantage in the first round and then win round one to meet here in Springfield. And that home ice ended up being a huge, Massive. huge thing in that series with the Bears, two of the hotter home ice teams in the league. And you're facing a team that won more home games than any other team in the American Hockey League in this series, but it was the Penguins who had the advantage in the season series. It was a strange regular season series between these two teams, and I know we've talked about it a number of times. Four of the, five, four of the six games were decided in overtime. 
the fifth the fifth game was a one goal game in the final minute. Then there was a game in December where the T Birds were without the majority of their roster, so we've both kind of decided that one was a wash in all of this. But you talk about how the Penguins have not had this high-octane offense, but uh, someone forgot to tell that when they faced the Thunderbirds. They've averaged close to four a game against Springfield. What was wor What's working for the Penguins against Springfield, and what, from your perspective, are the Penguins trying to do to keep that success going against Springfield? Well, J.D. Forrest always likes to say that we don't change our game for anyone. It doesn't matter what other teams do, what their strategies are. We force other teams to adjust to us with the way that we play. And they just think that Springfield is a good matchup. They're confident, certainly not cocky, because they know everything that Springfield is capable of. But the way that Springfield cycles around in the offensive zone, the speed with which you guys play, they think that they can shut them down in transition, and then use their speed in the neutral zone to counterattack. And we saw that in the regular season, a bunch of punch-counter-punch sequences. That wonderful overtime we saw here at Mass Mutual Center where there were no whistles for the entire five minutes of OT. So it has sort of actually allowed the Penguins' offense to blossom in terms of opportunities. I think the Penguins only failed to reach 30 shots on goal one time um, in the games played in this season series. Of course, that 6 nothing victory, yeah. That's a total wash. It was great to see Matt Jerusik show up and get a shutout in his AHL debut on a PTO. But overall, you throw that one out the window. What I'm fascinated with with this uh, Penguins team is not necessarily how the 18 skaters perform in terms of playing their role, executing what the Penguins coaching staff wants them to do. It's how they match up against Charlie Lindgren, who somehow the Penguins managed to dodge all six games of that season series. They did not face Lindgren all year. So that's a little extra wrinkle that I think some people might be overlooking when they just look back at the, the box scores and the stats to see how the season series shook out. And that is amazing. But the oddities on the goaltending front for this season series especially, between the Penguins avoiding Charlie Lindgren in all six and the T-Birds facing a different goalie in all six for Wilkes-Barre Scranton. One of those six is still the one in the Penguin net in Tommy Napier, who I think a lot of people going into the playoffs, you put Phoenix Copley and Tommy Napier in a matchup 1v1, I think there's a lot of people, particularly Atlantic Division pundits, so to speak, and mm -hmm. I put pundits in air quotes, <laughs> that would have seen that as big advantage Hershey in that series when really... Just the opposite played out. Tommy Napier outperformed Phoenix Copley in that series. It was a big reason why the Penguins came away victorious in that series. What's the biggest key to Tommy Napier's success? It's his confidence. He's just so calm. The Penguins players always talk about how positive he is. He's one of those young men who always has a smile on his face. Nothing really seems to get to him. Maybe he gives up a goal, whether it's, you know, the goaltender's fault or something that was completely out of his control. The next media timeout will just kind of him-haw his way back to the bench like... Nothing seems to phase him, but also when he is really locked in, when he is dialed in, there's a swagger that exudes from him. You can tell, you know, sometimes goaltenders, when they make that big glove save, they like to hold it up in the air so that everyone can see it. Tommy Napier does the opposite. He just tucks it into his arm, hands it off to the official, and does a little stroll down to the corners, and it's like, oh, okay, Tommy's feeling it tonight. We saw a lot of that so far in the playoffs, and that swagger, that confidence, it exudes up and down the roster. He's had some up and downs this year. I mean, you can just look at his numbers. By the end of the year, he did not have a 900 save percentage. But J.D. Forrest says that Tommy Napier proved that he can rise to the occasion here so far in the playoffs because his numbers through those three games in Hershey, truly, truly spectacular and a big reason why the Penguins are here in the Atlantic Division semifinals against Springfield. Talking with the voice of the Penguins, Nick Hart. Last thing before I let you go, Nick, this series 
I think on paper, this has all the makings of being another tightly contested series, like the whole season series was. We mentioned four games going to overtime, a fifth one going into the final minute in a one-goal contest. It just feels like this series is going to come down to the tiniest, tiniest little details. What area of the game, specifically as it pertains to the Penguins, do you think is the biggest key if the Penguins are going to take home ice away from the T-Birds and eventually try to win this series over Springfield? You asked me for the biggest key, but I'll throw you two. The first of which I already alluded to, which was how do the Penguins stack up against Charlie Lindgren? Because they haven't seen him all year, so you can throw all four of those wins the Penguins had in the regular season out the window. You don't get to start with some sort of edge in the, the playoff series because you got the leg up on the other team in the regular season. You and, Wil and Wilkes, while you're at it, Wilkes lost the first eight to Hershey. Look what happened in the playoffs. It's a total wash. Total, total wash, and now they're going up against Springfield's bona fide number one, a uh, guy who was second in the league in save percentage, third in goals against average. Like, wow, what a year for Charlie Lindgren. Penguins now got to figure out what they have to do against him. I already talked about that a little bit. Now I'll mention the special teams. Wilkesbury Scranton is a team who had its penalty kill take off in the second half of the season, a big reason why they were able to climb the standings, get back into the playoffs. Springfield's power play has been one of the best in the league all year. For whatever reason, the Penguins' penalty kill, even when they were down in the dumps during the regular season, had Springfield's number. They only ended up, I think, 8.7% on the man advantage through that uh, regular season season series. The Penguins' power play, which has been terrible all year, consistently in the bottom third of the league, last place, 30th place, swapping between the two, the Penguins are somehow over 20% on the man advantage against Springfield. If that special team's trend continues... I think you're probably looking at the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins pulling off an upset here against the T-Birds. If Springfield can shift the special teams a little bit more to the way they were most of the time in the regular season against every other opponent, it's going to be hard for the Penguins to find the run support to uh, come back from giving up a power play goal or two throughout the course of regulation. Penguins have been in the league less than 25 years, but it's still amazing to me this is the first time the cities of Springfield and Wilkes-Barre-Scranton are meeting in a playoff series, which begins tonight. Voice of the Penguins, Nick Hart. Pleasure as always, Nick. May the best team win. May the best broadcaster move forward, so to speak. Not that anyone else out there cares about us. <laughs> but nevertheless, we appreciate you taking the time to give a little bit of a Wilkes-Barre spin on game one of this series. And let me give you a little more Wilkes-Barre Scran uh, Wilkes Scranton spin here, Ryan. I'm geeked. I know the Penguins coaches are geeked. The Penguins players are geeked that they get to be the team that the Thunderbirds are playing for their first playoff series in franchise history. So everyone's excited for this, not just you guys.